433. So as I am opening this up off of a closed iPad, I have a question for y'all today. What is it? Those who are listening in don't know what's going on. It's a jar of water. It's a jar of water. We call these glasses in our house. <laughs> How would you describe this glass of water? We got a half full person over here. Anybody else? Amen. Who said half empty? How would God describe this glass of water? Well, it's funny because the Bible gives us the exact answer to how God would describe that glass of water. Did you know that? Well, I'm glad you're here today. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. This is the word of the Lord. We got here by going through Romans 1 to 8, in case anyone missed that. And in Romans 8, we're looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, which really boils down to salvation and security. And as we look at the ministry of the life of the believer, or the life of the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, we come to verse 17 of 8 and see how he will lead us home to glory. But on the way home to glory, the path to glory runs through suffering. We started with that last week. And my friends, what we need to realize is that on this path to glory through suffering, there's great joy to behold in Christ, but man, we mess it up. Anyone messed up? Anyone have issues? Listen, listen to me. You have more issues than you can comprehend. You're more screwed up than you realize. And life is far harder than you've probably ever fathomed. If Joel Osteen was here, we'd have to kick him in the teeth. We wouldn't kick him. We'd pray that God would break his teeth. That's an imprecatory psalm. You guys can look that up. But life is hard because we live in a broken down world. It's a beautiful world. It's a shadowy world. But it's a broken down world. So we need to consider that the sufferings, the trials of this life, Death, disease, decay, debt, destruction, fighting, anxiety, depression. Shall we keep going? Yeah. <laughs> Cancer, divorce, abandon. We can keep going. They're not worth comparing to the glory that is to come. You say, when I'm going in for an appointment on Monday to find out if I'm going to live, you explain that to me practically. 
Paul knew about suffering. He says, it's not worth comparing. And he explains why. My sister had a car growing up. And one day my dad took it out for gas and gets home and he says, what the heck is wrong with your car? It's making a horrible noise. She says, I know. Why didn't you tell me? Well, Dad, I just turned up the radio. You hardly hear the noise. <laughs> Do you know this world is making a horrible noise and lost people just turn up the radio so they don't have to hear it? Do you know, my friends, that we as Christians sometimes turn up the radio too? Relationships, jobs, finances, we looks. We all want to turn up the noise to not face the fact that there's a horrible rattle and it's all going to burn up and we're all going to die. This is uplifting stuff, amen? Serve the Lord. Yeah, serve the Lord. Quit griping and go die. But listen, God left us in a broken down world so that we could live as joy-filled people in a messed up world. We have the personification of creation. Listen, it says creation groans. Everybody hear it? It's like Jim's apple tree. Anyone hear creation groaning? In Isaiah, you can read about trees clapping. Isaiah 55. If you go for a walk, come back, tell me you heard a tree clapping, I'm going to have you locked up, okay? What it's saying is, Creation is on tiptoes with eager anticipation, looking for what? Do you remember what the text said? For the glorification of the sons of God. If creation is on its tiptoes, how much more should we who will be glorified be on our tiptoes? Is anyone here glory bound? Is anyone here glory hungry? Listen to me. When, when you're, is anyone here dying? Does it freak you out or excite you? I spend too much time in hospitals, rehab facilities, and around sick people. Listen to me. Too often they have no hope. Oh, I'm going to die. Yeah, me too. Oh, my, my leg it aches. I know. I'm starting to. I got, I got pains. I got, ah. Listen. Shh. Jesus says, I know. It's broken. But behold, I have come to make all things new again. Look, look, looky, look. Do you know what, what we as believers, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit groan inwardly. Anybody, anyone going through life kind of groaning? Oh, man. But this is an anxious and anticipatory groaning. Listen to me. I don't want to be in this position before I'm in my 90s, okay? But when the doctor says, you're going to die, you actually, as a child of God, can go, thanks be to Jesus, I'm going home. Why are we so afraid of losing this temporal trash? It's just rubbish. Second Peter 3, it'll all burn up. Enjoy it, but it's all going to burn up. We will have... Do that. Everybody do that carefully. Everybody move these things. You get new ones. Everybody kind of twists a little bit. You get new hips. 
Blink those things. You're getting new eyes. We're going to have, we should be anxiously awaiting the glorification of our body. If your back aches, praise God, because you'll get a new back. If your legs limp, praise God, because you'll get a new walk. If your heart aches, praise God, because you'll get one that beats right. My friends, we are saved. We are being sanctified, and we will be glorified. Now get out of here before I bring this down too far. Why do we have so much trouble because we live in a broken, fallen world and we drink the drugs of the lost? We got hurting people here. Don't throw your hands up, but if you, listen, if your hand ain't up, you're a lying dog. You live in a broken down body in a broken down world. It's hard. In this world, you will have trouble. You will suffer persecution. You will suffer disease and decay and death and abandonment and dead. And people will not want to be around you. You will not feel good. And one day you will die. But we can do that. We can go in peace and serve the Lord. Because Romans 8, 1, you are in a now no condemnation status. Oh, my goodness, folks. As we understand who we are in Christ and who he is, when, when the world is freaking out, it's making a noise. Turn down the volume. You know what? You can tell them what the noise is. What is the noise? Look what I've done to this Bible. Do you remember back in Romans 1? What's the noise? Sin. God's wrath of abandonment, birth pains of the coming destruction and the new creation. What's that noise? It's God warning people, turn to him and be saved. He will make all things new again. Don't turn up the radio. Turn it down and proclaim Christ. He is risen. risen I say he is risen. We are resurrection people born anew in Christ and dwelt by the Holy Spirit. Who needs the approval of man if you have the approval of Christ? Galatians 1.10. Amen? Amen. We, we, we are too often too happy to live in this planet forever without Jesus. We live in an age of comfort, and I like comfort. Listen to me. If I didn't have air conditioning, I could die. But the comfort that we have in this life is a pathetic, cheap substitute of the comfort that we have in Christ. I don't even know how much more I should say. I want to sit on this. Do you understand who you are in Christ? Half full or half empty? Who says half full? Who says half empty? Y'all will put, thank you, Kevin. I say half the air, half water. You know what God says? I'll, I'll shut that down. Don't be challenging my illustration. <laughs> Do you know what God says in this very text? Half full, half empty, wrong question. Half full, you're an optimist. You trust too much in the water. Half empty, you're a pessimist. You don't trust enough in Christ. God says it's just a glass of water. 
And it's a glass of water that points to Christ, the true living water. Do you ever think about that, my friends? The optimist goes, I might be dying, but I might get better. You never, ever know. The pessimist says, oh, my toe hurts. It's probably cancer. I'll be dead in a week. The realist says, I have no idea. But I am a child of God and dwelt by the Holy Spirit, saved by grace through faith. And if God is for me, what the heck do I have to worry about? Amen? Now, how do you pull this off? Living this out in life. The joy that we have in Christ, listen, the joy that we have in Christ is unassailable, but it's accompanied by tears. Do you hear me there? Christian people, don't go dancing around like an idiot. Everything is awesome. Howard, everything is awesome. It's a, it's a Lego movie song. Yeah. It ain't awesome. It's broken and falling apart and people die. Marriages crumble. Children rebel. Debt accrues. People live under immense pressures of, of anxiety and depression and discouragement. Life is not awesome. Life can be fun. Listen, I'm not complaining. I enjoy life. I have the best wife in the world. I have great kids. We have a comfortable place to live. I enjoy dogs. I don't see my neighbors in the springtime. Life's not bad. I pastor a great church. But I'm probably going to die one day. Maybe Jesus comes back first. And that kind of looms if you turn the noise down a little bit, doesn't it? And then you get older. You know, I'm like, one day I might get really old, like in my 50s. <laughs> and then come the 60s, and then the 80s, and then the, you can go to 100. I, I talked with my mom this week who explained to me very clearly that she is not elderly in the least. Elderly, she explained, is 20 years beyond where you live. Listen to me. Why do we not want to age and get old? Because we're afraid to die. But it is not until the day you die that you start to truly live. We as Christians should be the most joy-filled people in the world who enjoy the stuff but hold tight to Christ. What do you think you needed this past week to be fully joyful? Mm-hmm. What, what was the best part of your week? What's the greatest news that you have? What is, what is it that you walk in hope and anticipation and excitement for? Some of y'all listen to me. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Why, why do people get all excited for the Super Bowl? I love the Super Bowl too. Why do we get all excited for the Super Bowl? And then crazy people be out in the streets. Our neighbors shoot off fireworks and I'm fixing to shoot something back over that way if I'm sleeping. But... People get so excited about things that are temporal and passing and meaningless. We should be an excited people, not just about the resurrection of Christ. He is risen. He is risen indeed. But in Christ, you will be risen too. We, we like to dispose of dead bodies. I won't get into this today, cremation versus burial. I got a strong preference if you want to talk about it. But when I die, I want to sign over my grave. Careful body rising. Do you understand that people go to cemeteries? I've been in a couple recently. And they're very somber, sad places. Well, they should be mostly. 
But you put a, a, a dead believer's body in the ground, you should be pretty excited. It should be saying, under construction. Because, friends, these, did you know this? You live in a tent. Did you know that? You ever read 2 Corinthians? Paul, Paul says, we, we groan under these tents. Oh, let's, let's hope I wrote this down. Yeah, I did. How about that? 2 Corinthians 5, 4. Paul speaks of the fact that we as believers, while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed. These, these things are decaying and dying. We try to pretty up a dying corpse. Did you know that? You say, Pastor, why do you call it a dying corpse? Because I read Romans 7.24. Wretched man that I am. What does Paul say next? Don't look. Who will deliver me from this what? Body of death. We decorate these suckers. We work, Listen, go to the gym and exercise. It's good to be in good shape. It says that somewhere in the Bible, right? It does. Paul gives counsel. But, but godliness is far more important. We're just camping out, sojourning on the path to glory. And there are some bumps on the path to glory as we live in a decaying body that will die, a body full of sinful desires that causes all sorts of problems as we walk with Jesus. But my friends, we have the redemption of our bodies, glorification by God as children of God. And if you can't get excited about that, I don't know what to say to you. God came to save you by himself, from himself, and for himself so that you might live with him forever. In a new heaven and a new earth and a new body and perfection with perfect knowledge, a perfect body, and a perfect relationship with Jesus, you just happen to be traveling on the journey. And it seems long, but we live in a pinprick dot on the line of eternity. You got to hold on to that. This light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory that the things not yet seen, this light, momentary affliction, go visit Jerry, that light, momentary affliction, hang out at a, at a hospice center and look at that light, momentary affliction, uh-huh. But in our fallen state, in our fallen body, in a fallen world, listen to me, it looms so large. Jesus is bigger, Jesus is better, and Jesus is far more powerful. What are you chasing down in life? I can't answer that for you. Y'all hear the noise. Y'all hear the rattle. Y'all hear the fact it's broken. What, what you chasing down? What you got on the radio? Oh, if only that boy would like me or that girl would like me. If only I could make that much money. If only I could have that job or that friend or that acceptance or that look or that. Turn it down. Listen to the rattle. It's a scary noise, isn't it? Do you ever notice we don't like to sit in quiet? You ever check social media? Turn down the noise. How often do you check that sucker a day? You know why? Silence is scary. You hear the rattle. Imagine if you could talk with Jesus face to face. Jesus, it's scary. Life's hard. 
It's making a rattle. What would he say? I know. I lived there. I rattled in it. And I died. But I rose. He is risen. I have overcome. I have conquered sin and death. And by grace through faith you are mine. I have sent my Holy Spirit to dwell in you. I will guide you home to glory. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. But, but, but Jesus, it's scary. I know. But, but, but how am I going to do it? You're not. But I will cause you to endure. I, I got to preach the next four verses to finish this off, but I can't do it today. This is what I love about Romans 8. The testimony of the life of a believer is not everything is awesome. It is that everything will be awesome. And the way that happens is by our feelings as Christians catching up with our facts. Amen? Amen. I'm so scared. Jesus says, fear not. I'm going to die. Yes, you are, but I've conquered death. I feel so alone. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I just want to be loved for God, so love the world. Jesus speaks to you through his word. Don't go praying saying, God, talk to me. Open the book. Hear the word of God. Be equipped. Be encouraged. Be guided. Come to see who you are and where you are going. It's just a glass of water. Trust in Jesus, not optimism. Don't despair in pessimism. Walk in realism that he is risen. risen And so too shall be we. You guys know who John Stott is? If you don't know who he is, go to Amazon. Type in John Stott. I don't care what book shows up first. Buy it and read it twice. I wish I could write anything John Stott wrote. He says... We are to wait neither so eagerly that we lose patience, nor so, nor so patiently that we lose our expectation. Do you, guys, do you guys catch that? I mean, you, dude, if I could write that sentence. We are to wait neither so eagerly that we lose patience, nor so patiently that we lose our expectation. Life is hard. You will die. And when you die, if you are in Christ, praise God, you ain't going to remember much of the junk you dealt with. If you're not in Christ, I mean, seriously, what do you say to that? You, you think this is bad. Listen, do you, do you know this whole, you ever hear about global warming? You're like, dude, don't touch it, pastor. That's real. Listen to me. Do you know global warming is, is a real thing? And in 2 Peter 3.10, it says it's going to get so hot it's going to burn up. But it ain't because of your carbon footprint. It's because the sucker broke down. It's because it's fallen apart. And it's because God's going to destroy it. Remember a midweek thought a long time ago about the plane? Probably like five of you here read it. It's, it's, I'm talking a long time ago. About a guy who was flying overseas and decorated his seat on the plane hung chandeliers, put down wall-to-wall carpeting, reupholstered his chair, got it all beautiful, plane landed, and he got off. It's kind of stupid, huh? Guys, it's just a flight to glory. Some bumps along the way. But you know who's flying the plane? He ain't going to fall out. 
We even can scream from the back of the plane. We're going to die! You are going to die. But you have no idea what that means. My friends, all the world offers is noise. It offers the, the, the accoutrements of the flesh, if you like. Maybe, maybe you're successful in the eyes of the world. Get a big, beautiful house. Got a nice seven-figure income. You got kids who are all doctors and lawyers and, and, and pastors and stuff. Huh. You, you, you got everybody loves you. You're the most famous person in the world. You, you, you've attained the pinnacle. Who is the uh, 21st president of the United States of America? Top of your head. If you don't know that answer, people ain't going to remember you that long. You see what I'm saying? Bill Gates is the happiest man on the planet, amen? You ever read some things about him? You know who I recommend reading some interviews with? A man named Woody Allen. A very successful cinematographer. He's, he's written over 40 screenplays. Filthy rich. Life looms in front of one of the most depressing men you could ever interact with or read about. He says, the world is broken and it's all, we're all dying and I don't know why or what to do. It's a quarterback playing today named Mr. Tom Brady, who in an interview not too long ago expressed a sentiment that at the time I think he'd won four Super Bowls. He's married to a supermodel, he's got two kids and makes a billion dollars a year. I don't know how much he makes, a little bit more than me. <laughs> and, and he says, I feel like there has to be something more to life than MVPs and championships and money. Do you know what Tom Brady does? Keeps turning up the noise. Maybe one more will do it. Maybe one more will do it. Do you know why athletes fall apart when they retire? Their identity is found in stuff. Do you know why, listen to me, do you know why Christians struggle in retirement? We've lost part of our identity. Listen to me. Our identity is to be had either in Christ or we have no name at all. You could be the prettiest person in the world. Everybody could love you. And deep down you will find nothing but hollowness and despair. Jesus says right here, turn down the noise. Listen to the rattle. Every single person you see will die. But how many will live? Our job is not to save the planet. Medicine is not the answer to the rattle. Government is not the answer to the rattle. Ecology and recycling are not the answer to the rattle. Don't worry about saving the animals or saving the planets. Listen, don't go trashing creation. You're called to steward it. But you ever, you ever wonder, Matt's a hunter. You go in the woods, do all the animals run up to you like, you know, in Bambi? Matt, Matt's like, hello, animals. They all run up. and You know what happens when a person walks in the woods? Everything scatters. They get quiet. You got to sit a while until you start hearing animal noise again. You know why the animals run? It's broken. It's part of the fall. Our job isn't to save the planet. It's not to save the animals. It's to be used by God to save lost people so they can come into a now no condemnation status with Christ Jesus. And we do that more excitedly, more passionately, the more fully we understand 
that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? It says, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in who? In us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Speaking to the believer, he says what? You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, who dwells in you? God himself? My word! But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. I mean, do you guys understand what the Holy Spirit causes to happen in our lives here? So then, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. We suffer because we start to look like our daddy. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not even worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for, this is crazy, for the revealing of the sons of God. The creation was subject to futility, that's Genesis 3.17, not willingly, but because of him, God, who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Think about that. Creation is broken. God's going to fix it. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. I've never birthed a child, but I've seen it happen. It's scary. I remember when Cameron was born, I showed up with my little peanut butter and jelly sandwich, figuring he'd be delivered in an hour and a half. Oh, man. It was, it was literally 23 hours my wife labored, it was horrible. She's like, oh, uh, she's like throwing up. The nurse is bringing these little throw up trays. Give me a bucket. Uh. It, was, it was scary stuff. At the end of the day, she's like, I thought she was dying. Turns out they gave her some drugs and she fell asleep. Middle of the night, they, we're doing an emergency C-section. The baby's in. They rip him out. I'm like, oh, it's horrible. And we, we were committed to no more kids. 
That was horrible. But you know, like a year later, she says, what do you think about having another kid? And I'm like, oh! I love the kid part. But you know how stinking scary that was? And I'm like, are you crazy? It's like, oh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> so sure enough, happens again. You go, oh, it's crazy stuff you ladies have to deal with. But something happens after a while, doesn't it? That crazy comment wasn't that bad. Do you want to have another one? Guys, it says right here, creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Childbirth pains. Expectant pains. Something is to be delivered. Listen, listen, listen. If you are suffering under an affliction that seems overwhelming, understand by a promise of God, if you are under grace, it is nothing more than a childbirth pain. You say, Pastor, shut your mouth. You don't understand what I'm going through. You may very well be right, but Jesus does, and this is the word of Christ. Jesus was persecuted, beaten, slandered. He laid aside his glory. He came down into a fallen creation. So you can tell me I don't understand, and you're probably right, but I have a great high priest whose word I speak in this book who says, I understand. If you feel discouraged, if you feel dismayed, if you feel abandoned, if you feel pain, he understands and he is with you. It's just a birth pain. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly. It says, as we await eager, as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. Somebody say, Pastor, I thought we were already adopted. We saw that two weeks ago, right? Well, what happened? It's, it's just a typo, so cross that out. Don't cross it out. It says, as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. You are a secure, eternally secure child of God by grace through faith. But your salvation is not yet completed. Your salvation is finished in the sense that you are totally forgiven once and for all in Christ. But you are being saved anew each day. Go back and read Romans. Your salvation is secure, but it will be completed on the day that you are glorified by God and have a resurrection body in a new heaven and a new earth. You are an eternally secure child by grace through faith once for all. All of your sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven and atoned for by Christ. God is propitious, favorable towards you. But we are to live anxiously, eagerly awaiting the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, and this doesn't mean hope like some people are hoping the Eagles win today. This means hope like on ESPN Classics where you already know the end of the score. You ever watch the old Super Bowls? You already know how they end? Laura's always like, why are you watching that? It's old. It's fun to watch. You know how it ends. I know that's what makes it great. <laughs> well, you know how it ends. That's what the word hope means. For in this hope, we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Now, there's one more groaner. We got the creation groaning, right? We got the believer groaning, right? You see who's coming next? The Holy Spirit. It says, 
The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Listen, someone once said that they expect in their Bible that that text will bleed because it's been abused so often. This is not the Holy Spirit speaking through us in some sort of unintelligible gibberish. Okay? You ever seen the Holy Spirit's vocal cords? It's spirit, not physical. I ain't unpacking this till next time. But listen to me. Creation groans because it's broken. You groan because you live in a fallen body, a body of death. It's just a tent. But the joy we have in our groaning is able to be had because as we'll see next time, God himself groans for us and in us and on our behalf. Think about that for a minute. Life is hard. You will die, but you have no idea what is to come. And you have no idea of the fullness of the power that dwells inside of you to bring you home. In each moment of life, God causes his children to endure for his glory. When Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow, do you know what he's saying? You can't handle it. You can't even handle today. But I will get you through every today until I bring you home to glory. Take heart, little children. Jesus loves us far more than we can comprehend. Let's pray. Father, I praise you for your word. I I pray, Lord, that we would all come to understand the privilege that we have in the time that we live with such easy access to your word. Too many people want to go for a walk in the woods or sit by themselves and say, God, talk to me. Lord, perhaps the reason you're so hard to hear is there's too much dust on our Bibles. And Lord, we're all guilty at times of it. But I praise you for the fact, Lord, that you have spoken and that you have shown us not just who you are, but in such magnificent ways. And you have spoken to show us how we can be yours and what we are in Christ and what we will one day be. Lord, as we go forth this week as your children, would you help us, Holy Spirit, turn down the music on the radio a little bit? Would you help us sit in the uncomfortable comfort of hearing the rattly noise of the world, of allowing the reality of these fallen bodies to confront us? They will fall apart and decay. Creation is under a curse. But Lord Jesus, may we also understand that When you saved us, you could have brought us home and glorified us immediately. But you chose not to. And we may gripe and complain and try to tell you that we know better than you do. And we confess that as sin. And we pray, Lord, that you would remind us of why we are here. And by and large, it's to let people know what that noise is. To maybe help them turn down the radio a little bit. Or when the rattle gets really loud, to be able to say, hey... Can I tell you why that noise is, what it means, and how much God loves you? Lord Jesus, please cause the noises of life's death and decay and suffering to not overwhelm us, but allow us to hear the noise of your voice crying out above it. Holy Spirit, guide us in your path. Cause us to delight in your law. Reveal to us the 
the reality of who you are as we trust in you, even in the minutia of life. Lord Jesus, it is not our job to fix anything. It is our job to be reminded afresh and anew each day of how very broken we are and that you have come to restore us and that you will make all things new again. So Lord, we thank you for this world, but we pray we live in that, that awkward tension of being able to enjoy your beautiful creation, but also being reminded that it's only beautiful in a shadowy type of way. And that we would come to rejoice more fully in what we will one day be, where we will one day be, and more importantly, with whom we will be face to face. Lord Jesus, we praise you. We thank you. We pray that you would continue to forgive us for all those times we fall short. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would strengthen us as we go into this week, that you would cause us to endure whatever trial we face, and to properly steward whatever joy we are entrusted with. For your namesake. Amen. Today we're going to come and take communion. And I thought it was timely for the, for the glass of water, which I was reminded was half water and half air. It's a full glass. But that's an irrelevant cup. This is a very relevant cup. Because when we come and partake of this cup, we're reminded of not only how broken this world is and how broken and dead we were, but you know when we do this until? Until he returns. Jesus commands his people, a joyful privilege of a command, to do this in remembrance of him until he returns. And then we get to do this with him. My friends, the immensity of the love of Christ, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. By that blood, we are forgiven. By his blood, we are held in a now no condemnation status. By his blood, we're made children of God, heirs of God, indwelt by God, who will be glorified by God himself. And then the bread, which represents the Lord's body. In order for him to shed that blood and forgive our sins, first he had to be the perfect sacrifice, amen? He fulfilled the law on our behalf by living a perfect life that we couldn't. He died the death we deserve, and then by grace through faith, applies that very life to us. You may feel like trash, but in God's eyes, if you are saved, you are not trash. You are perfect in the eyes of God as if you lived the very life Christ did. And we do this in remembrance of him until he returns because we are sojourners, intense, in a fallen, rattly world with all sorts of screwed up, sinful lusts of the flesh. But our gracious, merciful high priest will cause us to endure for his name's sake and one day we do this with him. Amen? No one is worthy to come forward, so in a sense you should all just stay in your seats. But all who trust in Christ are made worthy by him. The requirement to come forward is that you understand on your own you can do nothing pleasing to God. That you are under a condemnation status by birth in Adam. But by grace through faith, God has chosen to save us from death to bring us to life. By grace through faith, by nothing you can do on your own, but only by what Christ did on your behalf.
If you've trusted in Christ, you have been made worthy to come forward because practically speaking now in God's eyes, you are perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And as God finishes his work of sanctification in our lives, we do this being reminded of the incredible grace, mercy, and love of Christ, the incredible privilege and responsibility that we have as children of God, and the looming reality that we live in hope of, of what we will one day become for the glory of God himself. So I invite you to come forward down the center aisles, take the elements in your own timing, and we'll close with a prayer and benediction at the end.